With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey guys, what's up? This is Dave. Hey, how are you? Matthew here. Hey, Matthew, what's going on? Good, you got in with no problem. Yay. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, our host, Megan Martinez, is joining us in a second. And uh, where are you calling in from? I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in Western PA, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Hello, Miriam. Hello, Hello. Miriam. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, We have David here. We're waiting for um, one other host to come on, and then we'll begin. And a few more people are joining. I see we have a caller from Ohio. Welcome. All right, so a couple updates um, before we begin. Um, we did a, um, a new type of show on Sunday that uh, we're going to do that's based on my book material. It's like a mystery school uh, virtual uh, presentation. It was a live webcast. We did have a couple of little problems with the uh, YouTube um, feature dropping it, but... Uh, we successfully put the put together a show. I'm going to take the track and assemble it into a uh, a video that's complete and post that on the website for those that have an interest in the mystery school and the seventh seal and all the uh, material. So okay, here we are with um, Megan Martinez. Hello. Hello. David is here, Miriam is here, we have other callers that will be joining, so um, we'll just get right into it, though. Um, David also uh, created a 3D, which is one of the specialties he has, 3D um, jewelry pendant shapes that uh, um, I'm sure he'll tell us more about, but I was highlighting the fact that he created one for the book uh Digital Seventh Seal. So I'm uh, very excited about that, and you can find that on the website uh, at 777seal.info, the book Seventh Seal Hidden Wisdom Unveiled. So, Megan, uh, how are you? Good. Um, I'm excited to learn more about David and his work. I've seen some of your work. I'm actually. Um, I think I ran into you once at the Harvin Hot Springs. 
It was. Uh, There's a different gentleman. This gentleman is in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. The 3D work that he does uh, is featured on the website. You can check it out at the St. Agent's website. And so, David, uh, oh, welcome, Hawaii. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're interviewing David Dreamwalker Diamond today. Diamond uh, What's that? Last name, Diamond Heart. Diamond Heart. Oh. Okay. Very good. Very, very, very good. Uh, so tell us a little bit about um, how how did you get involved in making these amazing 3D print? Uh, tell us about them because I can't speak that intelli- intelligently about it. Well, I... You want me to go back to like my spiritual awakening? Is that what you want me to do, or you just want me to talk? Okay. You can start where you want. Uh, it's your <clears throat> your hour. <laughs> How much time do we got here? An hour. An hour. Oh, okay, okay. So prior to 2009, I wasn't really quote unquote spiritual. I didn't attend religious services. I didn't meditate. I didn't, you know, do anything that anyone would consider spiritual. And then uh, I started having a bunch of problems in the corporate world. I was working in corporate health care, doing home care, and the stress was really getting to me. And I remember... On it was right around October 21st, 2009. I'm in the shower and it was the stress was so horrible that I, you know, I found myself speaking into the shower head like it was a microphone to God. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty freaking miserable, God. It, you know, I, I really don't want to have to work anymore and I don't care what has to happen in my life to make that happen. But thank you, Amen. And then I didn't even think about it at all until one week later. It's Wednesday, October 28, 2009. I'm in the shower. I called off work. Like I say, I've been having a lot of problems where I start having like panic attacks in the shower, thinking about going to work. Where I'd like start dry heating, get the shake, throw up in the shower, just thinking about going to work. I wasn't even at work yet, <laughs> so I called off, and this was my second shower of the day. I'm just sitting there thinking, all right, yeah, I'm gonna take another shower. Let's start this day over again. <laughs> and um, so it's around 10:30 in the morning. I'm washing up, you know, wet, naked, soapy, and all of a sudden I hear an angel speak to me. And it was a female angel, and she had a very sweet, clear, feminine voice, and she said six words to me. She said, prepare for Merkaba light body activation. And then I'm in the shower. I'm turning around to look who the heck is in the shower with me and how is that happening. And as I'm turning around to look at her, she touched me in the middle of my spine. And when she touched me, it felt like the shockwave of energy through my body. And, like, instantly I felt different, like, instantly. And I knew that most of my motivations for 
work and relationships and friendships and everything was very selfish and self-centered, not serving my highest good. So that that realization came to me in the shower. And then I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, what just happened to me? I've never heard the word Merkaba before. And I'm, like, thinking that either, one, I've had, like, an intense spiritual something or other, or I'm going psychotic, or both. So I go to Google, and I'm looking up what is a Merkaba. I decided that if Merkaba was a real word, that I had something spiritual happen to me, if it was, like, a made-up word, then I need to go check myself in at the hospital or something because I'm losing my stuff. Wow. So, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it happened to be a real word, and the Merkaba is cherry of ascension. It's it's, um, it's basically a vehicle for soul ascension or soul travel. And exactly. Yep. So, almost immediately, so, you know, I, I, I'm still... I'm not even dressed. I'm like, you know, wet, wearing a towel, looking this word up on Google. And then, like, almost instantly after, you know, I get dressed, whatever, I started to have this tremendous urge to create sacred geometric art. And I had not done any art whatsoever since I was a senior in high school. And I didn't really enjoy art. It was one of those things you had to take art as a senior to graduate. It was a graduation requirement, so I did it. And all of a sudden, I found myself obsessed with computer art. And the first thing I did was I created a grid using 37 Metatron cubes and created what I call geometric flower of life, which is a flower life created by 37 cubes. That's really cool. And yeah. Did you know what that was when you were making it, or did, it just, <clears throat> did the information just channel into you, what you're supposed to do? Well, it wasn't. It was like I, I don't know. Imagine that you were a kid and someone handed you a bunch of Legos, and you didn't really know what you were doing. You were just snapping them together, right? Uh-huh. And so at first I didn't really have an idea what it was I was doing. I was just overlapping these Metatron cubes by the circles on the outside and forming this grid. And then <laughs> I realized that I was forming an interpolated flower of life. You know, a friend of mine is like, wow, you, you know that grid you're making resembles a flower life, and then I, you know, I finished it up, and then I I started to have dreams that were related to sacred geometry. It started right after I started creating the sacred geometry. Like, I made the grid of 37 cubes, and then I had this dream, and it was weird, because it was like I, I saw the thing that I was just working on when I was conscious and awake, and then there was a, like that image that I just worked on was followed by like kids playing ring around the posy. And it was like, so things came to me gradually. It was like 
it was kind of like, oh, you're supposed to put a ring around it. And then once I had the ring around it, then the flower of life kind of popped out. I mean, before that, it kind of resembles like a six-sided hexagonal crystal that might remind you of like the crystalline structure or quartz or something like that. Yeah. That's have, have, you, have you seen it, Megan? Have I seen your art, the artwork or... Or the geometric one. flower of life? Uh, I've seen a geometric flower of life. I haven't seen your artwork uh, yet, uh, but I'm definitely interested in, in looking at it now. Um, but I Okay, like, hold on. I'll send you a link here. Okay, thank you. Great. Yeah, drop it in um, our activation window. Yeah, I'd love to see it. And then, um, I don't know, just this, what you're talking about, I mean, the compulsion to create the grid, the patterns, like that's something that's been happening to me since I was a child and even more so recently. And I think there's something to the energy that goes into making them and like putting energy into them and what they absorb. It's pretty profound. It's so crazy, this like, this compulsion to make these shapes. Like, Well, they certainly carry energy. I know when I channeled my first, you know, shape, which is the seventh seal, I was completely energized by bringing that through. And uh, so that we know from being friends, David, that you have uh, definitely experienced the energy coming through your shapes as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the you know, people, I believe that if you're an artisan creating healing tools, the first person you're looking to heal with them is yourself. So uh-huh. it's, it's kind of like, and then, then you know, <laughs> people talk about activations. The actual act of creating the sacred geometric artwork will activate me while I'm actually making it. Yeah, it's kind of like you go into this, like, meditative state. I was thinking about recently um, about the artwork created by Native Americans and, like, the beading and the weaving and how... Um, you know, it, it follows all these geometric patterns and how it kind of puts you in this, like, um, this really, like, um, calm mind state. Um, it's like a, just a receiving state, you know, a meditative state making the pattern. Yeah. Um, do, you, um, do you feel that some... when you do it? It's, it's when, when I'm in creative mode, I'm just feeling super high vibe and the energy's flowing and it's it's hard to differentiate like a certain emotion or feeling. It's just kind of like you can feel it flowing through. You can feel this creative force pushing through you. Yeah, absolutely. That's really fascinating. Yeah, the, the shapes came later on and... 2013. I should back it up just a little bit. Okay, so the first shape that I made was not a geometric flower-like grid. The first shape that I ever dealt with or worked with was the Tesseract. So let's go back to about October of 2008. I was online looking for an image to represent the concept of thinking outside the box. 
I was looking for a visual image for that. And I ran across the test rack in October of 2008. And I was obsessed with it, and I knew that I had to get it turned into a wearable piece of jewelry. I don't know why, but I knew I had to wear this object. And so I did some research, ran across the website of a guy named Harry J. Smith, who was a mathematician, an engineer, and dabbled in making jewelry. <laughs> so he did some lost wax casting, and he had made a tesseract pendant for his wife, and I contacted him and said, hey, can you send me high-quality pictures of the front and the back of that? And then I set about finding a jeweler that could make me a perfectly symmetrical, three-dimensional print of it. Now, this was back in... 2008, early 2009, 3D printing as we know it was in its infancy in terms of on a retail basis. It was in its infancy. So it was a lot more difficult to find someone that knew how to do 3D modeling and actually make a 3D print back then. I received my first Tesseract around Valentine's Day of 2009, and I wore that Tesseract almost continuously between Valentine's Day and eight and a half months later when I was Mercabolite by the Activated Grand Angel on October 28, 2009. That's incredible. Um, I'm on your site now looking at some of your artwork, and it's pretty amazing. Oh, it's super invigorating in so many yeah. ways. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of... Also, yeah, go. There's, there's a bunch of free animated healing mandalas that are on my site. There's the Geometric Flower Life, Metron's Rainbow Healing Cube, and the Wheels of Creation. All three of these animated healing mandalas put off a, a really strong pulse of energy if you care to pull them up on the screen look at them. Yeah, I'm looking at them now and there's something, I don't know, there's something very uh, sort of calming about your energy. I'm feeling a little like sedated at the moment just speaking with you and looking at these pictures. Yeah, hopefully I don't overdose you guys with energy. I've been told I have a pretty intense vibration. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can. I think we can swing it, but it's pretty. Um, I can definitely feel it. Um, really what I was also going to say is what's also intriguing to me is there's there's numbers uh, that I've gleaned from my work that are attached to all these uh, shapes. The uh, the points and the and the vertices have uh, corresponding number sequences, which are part of what activates us. I don't know if you ever looked into that or sensed that that you know the frequencies uh, can be defined by you know the number label that is associated with them. Um, it'd be interesting to figure out what kind of sequences are you know because two one four you know seven two five eight is the basic. Uh, Star of David, Merkaba, uh, number pattern. So clearly you're going to have a bunch of those in there, but uh, I wonder if you ever tapped into any of that. 
um, or awareness around, you know, that's also what brings the, the energy together. Of course, all things are made up of numbers and energy, one and the same. And uh, Megan's going through some more of the images here. Yeah. It's just crazy how they all fit together, too. Like, how they all connect, all these different shapes, and they fit within one another. Yeah, and that's just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like there's, like there's a self-aware um, component, the divine intelligence of all these things. So, yeah, I mean, just, just drawing these things and connecting with them, which uh, mm-hmm. I know you're saying, David, it, it activates your light body. So it's amazing. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, the, the whole process of getting these it's it's almost unfair you know it's kind of like an unfair advantage it's like you know people are like well how did you think this up or how did you think this up or where did the idea from this come from and it's like you know that's not my idea that's that this image was brought to me by an angel in a dream it's it's his idea it's not mine i'm just you know i'm executing it i'm bringing it into form but there's no way that this is my idea. It was, it was like an idea outside of me brought to me in a dream. Uh-huh. So it's not like an expression of my subconscious. It's, you know. but, at time, but at the same time, it's likely that it's part of your soul make up your, you know, the wisdom of uh, who you are on the multidimensional, you know, planes of existence. And it's probably also very likely that you were involved in the mystery schools in Egypt where these things were worked with. And, um, you know, so in a way, you're tapping the wisdom of your soul. Yeah, I have a lot of theories about this, about how our soul carries these this information through lifetimes and um, these abilities, it, it carries through lifetimes. And, you know, some things just come to us naturally that shouldn't. Um, that people spend lifetimes trying to achieve, and I suppose it's because we've done them in the past. So, I mean, clearly this is your information that belongs to you and it's coming back through you. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because in the dreams, normally the angel that shows me the mathematical shapes in the dreams like, we don't talk. It's all communication and pictures. It's all visual. So, yeah. you know, like the, the Gnostic things, like where you're sitting there and examining the numbers and combination and all that, Matthew, I, I don't think about that stuff at all. At all. I mean, it's, it's like the inspiration comes in, there's an image that he shows me, and sometimes he shows me in detail and over and over again, dream after dream. But, you know, there's there's an idea that the Metatron has about how something should look. And it's like once I get the symmetry correct, once I get it connecting the way that, you know, it's like I know it's correct. I don't have to measure angles. I don't have to go... What was that 53.147 degrees? I don't have to do that stuff. <laughs> now, there are there are times I have to look that stuff up. When I created the Stargate pendants that are on my site, 
you can see like the the eight eight, the nine nine, the ten ten. These I had to actually get into some hard math to make sure that those angles were perfect. But you know, most of that stuff you can look up. Yeah. Um do we have any uh, questions from any of our callers, or is there? Um, I, I was able to locate some of your work online, but is there a specific site um, that you can share that so some of our callers can log in and look at uh, at your work so they can get a better idea of what we're talking about? Well, I sent over a list of links to Matthew. I'm not sure if he put that up on the site or not. Put them in the group. Yeah, yeah, those are. Um, those are up in the group or on the website? Yeah, they're both. Uh, okay, I, mean, on the website. I mean, I'll send it to you here real quick. Uh, these, are, these are all the places that I'm selling my art. So I sell my 3D shapes at a company called Shapeways, and I also sell my shapes at a company called iMaterialize. Some of my shapes are so intense in terms of complexity, the Shapeways refused to even try to make them, and so I had to go with another company. So I got my shapes are kind of spread out. I've got some T-shirts. I've got graphical art, main website. Um, you put another link in that has uh, okay. all these crazy, amazing pendants. Um, and again, you know, he's created one for the seventh seal, which we have on our website. So do check that out. Uh, but yeah, look at all these. Uh, so are these. How many in total have you done? Wow, it's pretty extensive. You know, I haven't even counted. I really haven't. And then, you know, there's shapes that I've created that I went ahead and, and it wasn't something where I felt like I was really adding to what was out there. So I. You know, I've made a bunch of the shapes that aren't even on my site for sale any longer. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Are these, um, so are these 3D printed? How do you... Okay, how, so there's... there's um, so I don't actually manufacture the shapes. They're either made by Shapeways or they're made by this company I materialized. If something's made out of copper, brass, gold, silver, platinum, bronze, something like that, precious, semi-precious metal, they print the wax on a computer. And then they use a 6,000-year-old lost wax casting method to make yeah. the things that are out of gold, silver, precious, semi-precious. Okay. I so, I'm familiar with the process, and I was wondering how they came out so perfect. Um, oh, okay. And then wax. The, you know, some of the yeah, truly, truly wonderful. Um, I can't wait till we can uh, buy a bunch of these up, and um, including the seventh seal. Uh, so this is phenomenal. Look at we're we're just. Um, kind of uh, perusing oh, wow, some of beautiful. some of these. Uh, I hope some of our viewers are doing the same. It's really a treat. So uh, I mean, if, if you guys sharing and promoting your material, brother. 
if you guys want, I can maybe review some of my quote-unquote greatest hits from last year with you. Oh, yeah. Okay, so last year I actually first it started with a modified flower of life shape. So Metatron in the dream started sending me pictures of the modified flower of life pendant. Now, when you see flower of life pendants, regardless of how the design is actually executed, whether it's lines or filled-in sections or whatever, almost all of them are flat. They're two-dimensional. They may be cut out. They may actually be 3D, but it's a two-dimensional flat flower of life. Right. So the first thing Metatron showed me was a modified flower of life pendant, and what he showed me was where the loops are on the flower of life, and you get those the shapes that make up the petals or whatever you want to call them. He showed me those being rotated along the linear axis um, towards the face of the flower life. So instead of being flat little pieces, they're round like spindles. So that was the first thing. And then in May of last year, he showed me the ball of life, which was four intersecting flower of life shapes that creates this awesome vector equilibrium made out of flower of life shapes that is inside of what's called a genesis crystal. And just to give you an idea of how intuitive this was, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, I was just following the pattern shown to me in a dream. I showed one of my friends, Brian, I was like, Brian, man, check this out. I made this cool thing. I don't even know what to call it. And he's just kind of like, wow, dude, he's like, you made a, a vector equilibrium out of flower and white shapes and you put it inside of a genesis crystal? And I was like, what's a genesis crystal? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, man, he's like, you made something that cool and you don't even know what you made. He's like, I hate you. <laughs> And, and I'm like, look, dude, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just following orders here. <laughs> yeah, I love this ball of life uh, pendant. Uh, that's really awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. I think, like, uh, it's so funny. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but it's just uh, I totally understand that. I mean, you just get these instructions that seem pretty crazy, and you and you follow them, and somehow they, they turn into something that... Yeah, the, so anyway, anyway, like after after that, I ordered, I end up being like my best customer. Like almost every single shape that I've ever created, I've got a sample of it. Like I ordered it the in the Schrodinger's cat manner until you actually successfully place an order for a model and it's manufactured and shipped, it remains only a distinct possibility. You don't know whether it's alive or dead until you open up the box. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when that box comes from Shapeways or I materialize or whatever, it's like, all right, is the cat alive or is it dead? <laughs> and Until I open it up and see that it was manufactured correctly, it it only remains a potentiality. So after I made the ball of life, I ordered one. I started wearing it like a 
like a pendant on my wrist. And then I realized that I could take that flower of life shape and I could create the entire platonic solids with it. And then I set about creating a tetrahedron, an octahedron, a hexahedron, a costahedron, a dodecahedron made out of flower life shapes. And then I also got the flower life star tetrahedron and flower life tantric star cellated icosahedron and factor equilibrium. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, I definitely want to get some of these. Uh... Um, for our listeners, there's um, a couple of things that uh, our guests have shared today um, about the awakening process and connecting with your guides that I'd like you to tune into. Um, I know when I speak to my guides in a dream state, uh, they almost never talk to me in their voices. It's very, very uh, strong energy connection, and so most of it's communicated telepathically. Uh, when it is communicated in a spoken language, it paralyzes me and I can't move. So um, if you're having these dreams where you're communicating with somebody, either uh, having a physical reaction to it or, you're, uh, or they're communicating things telepathically, make, take note of that. Um, and oh, uh, there was something else that I can't quite remember. I'm sure it'll come back to me. So let's hear a little bit more from our guest. Okay, so when you talk about the speaking of the angels and the dreams, the my name, David Dreamwalker Diamondheart, is not my birth name. <laughs> you <Okay>. don't say. <laughs> but it is my legal name as of October of 2014. And people will be like, well, where did you come up with Dreamwalker and where did you come up with Diamond Heart? And they both, both of those names came to me in dreams. And one, uh, Angel um, just scratches a symbol on a piece of paper and it's an infinity sign. And around the center of the infinity sign are four red hearts, and then on top of each of the hearts is a little diamond. And the angel at this, I'm at a party in the stream, the angel writes this symbol down on a piece of paper, hands it to me, and says, this symbol is for you. <laughs> Here, from your angels and guides. So it's weird, because it, it wasn't, the angel in the dream apparently was filling in for another angel. angel's <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I'm not sure it took a sick day. I like, and... I like they have, like, full lives um, wherever they are, and that they, they do have sick days, and other people fill in for them. So, yeah, this angel hands me a piece of paper and says, this is a symbol for you from your angels and guides. And in the way he said it, it was like he was excluding himself from that group. He was just merely passing the message along because someone else was busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in another dream, and rarely do I recall anything spoken in the dreams, I'm with this angel, 
Damn it. It's the same angel that Mercapa Light Body activated me. She's gorgeous. Blonde hair and fair skin and big, ginormous white and brown wings. And I'm not sure what angels are doing, but almost every time I've seen them, they've been clad in armor, either leather armor or shiny metallic armor. I'm not sure, but I... I guess they engage in a lot of like medieval swordplay or something. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. But um, so in this dream, I'm I'm with this angel at this outdoor cafe. It's kind of like an outdoor Starbucks patio, but we're not at a Starbucks. We're somewhere in Paris. I can tell it's Paris by the architecture and the you know the fact everyone's speaking French, but (laughs) this is like crazy, but keep going. So I look, I look over at her and it's weird because we're just sitting there drinking coffee at this outdoor cafe, like we're old friends or something, just catching up. (laughs) And I look over at her and I say, what am I? Which is a weird question to ask someone in conversation. (laughs) And she looks at me, and without skipping the beat, she looks me straight in the eyes, and she goes, why, that's simple. You're the dreamwalker. And then right after she said dreamwalker, I woke up. I was like, I'm the dreamwalker. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely insane on account of, um, yeah, I call the nightly travel, they call it dreamwalking. And um, when I first encountered my main spirit guide who's been with me for the longest uh, or communicating me with me for the longest in this lifetime he we met in Paris I I was um, I was standing like um, right next to the like Arc de Triomphe and uh, and I was standing like on the street there it's like it's a little circle but by the sidewalk and, and that's where he first appeared to me and so it's so funny that you say that and then recently I had this dream um, where Matthew and I traveled to Paris but we were it was like a world between worlds um, because like we were you know next to the Eiffel Tower but we were like the middle of it was was the bottom where we were Um, so I think there's something to that being in Paris um, and the dream walking well so, yeah, the in 2014, I had my name legally changed to David Dreamwalker Diamondheart, which was quite an ordeal. <laughs> I not only had to publish my name change in two local papers, I had to go in front of a judge and explain why I wanted to change my name, why I didn't like my old name. <laughs> and, um, you know, all my family is, when I announce it to them, they're like, have you lost your freaking mind? And I I said to him, I said, that was way back in 2009. You didn't get the memo? (laughs) Still functioning pretty well. (laughs) So, yeah, I I mean. There's so many, like, similarities between uh, my awakening story and yours or, um, when I mean, when it first happened for me and things, like, shifted and turned on and I was hearing voices and smelling things that weren't there and um, 
having all kinds of visitors, I uh, I thought, well, okay, this is it. I've finally lost it. I've, I've lost my mind. Either um, there's like a spiritual explanation for this or I need serious medical attention because I'm officially talking to dead people. So <laughs> it's so funny to hear somebody else going through it and how uh, how just how funny it is, but how when you start to find the synchronicities, like when you logged into Google and knew that Merkaba was a real word. And it, it's almost like, I don't know, it's so profound when uh, the information that's coming to you starts the, is actually making sense and you're connecting dots. And that's another thing that I would, um, the symbols that you wear, that you create and then wear. Um, I was told by my guides through another medium friend of mine um, to adorn myself with specific symbols to increase my powers um, that were related to who they were and who I was in my past life. And so I, I think there is something very profound and powerful about wearing these symbols on our bodies, um, carrying that like um, energy grid around with us. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is I've had people accuse me of somehow using my shapes as some sort of crutch. Like, in other words, that my high vibration is coming from the shapes, and I'm like, no, the shapes are a high vibration because they're coming from me. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I can I can take off all these shapes and vibrate just as high as I can without them. For me, the shapes are kind of like, a goal to vibrate at that frequency, to vibrate at the frequency of the shape. You know, yeah. kind of like a, um, a harmonizing effect wearing it. It's easy yeah. to get into that mind state, just you know, wake up, roll over, put on your high vibe jewelry, and off you go out into the world. Yeah, I think that, like, uh, the shapes definitely... But I, I've noticed with the patterns and the grids and everything that they actually take energy and hold them and hold energy, um, as well as providing the energy by the, from the shape that they are. And you can feel it kind of like bouncing um, bouncing off itself, and, uh, and you can feel the energy of, of the item. But um, they also, I think, absorb and hold on to energy. Like um, I was... Uh, I was instructed by my guides uh, about, I guess, two weeks ago now to create a grid um, that I I did in my dream walking state. Um, I, I went, I you know, I was told to go to sleep and to start that I was going to create a grid that was going to hold energy for another member of our team who was pulling a lot of energy down into the planet and it needed to integrate. And the energy was so powerful that it needed something to go into. And so they had me make this grid. And, you know, I was in this, like, half-awake, half-sleep state, like, dreamwalking. And um, and I didn't know what I had done or that it was successful until I saw it in action. And so I know that some of these grids are kind of like placeholders where they, they help absorb and and spread that energy to hold it on this planet um, and integrated it into where we are. And I also was shown um, a couple months back uh, the the shapes of the pyramids and the way that the energy flows through them 
And um, they showed me this entire, like, basically, like, without the sand and everything, like, what those, what goes in between and all the little mini ones. And it's, it's crazy because when I look at your artwork of all the different shapes layered together, this is what I saw. And I actually created one. Um, I, you know, I call it, it's just a doodle of something that I made um, to, like, to kind of put this vision that it's this dream I had on, on paper. Um, but when I look at your, your, uh, your drawings where the patterns are layered on top of each other, it's like a 3D, like, um, materialization of what these energy grids are doing. It's so crazy. Yeah, the the interesting thing is that well not all grids are created equal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the and I have a specific preference towards um my sacred geometry. In other words, if I didn't think what I was doing was better, more powerful, more intuitive, more in touch with the source field, if someone else was doing as good or better and doing what I'm doing, I probably wouldn't even ventured into it. Kind of one of those things, I don't know, It's maybe it's a like a personal fault. It's like if I can't be the best at what I'm going to do, I can't be unique or I'm not here to regurgitate rainbows. I'm not going to do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You know, like everyone else is doing crystal grids. I make grids too. I just do them with sacred geometry. <laughs> I'll put my yeah. sacred geometry grids head to head with anyone's crystal grids. We'll go size for size and see which one has a powerful, strong vibe. <laughs> You know, it's it's not about competition, but for me, like, the crystals are semi-irregular. Like, you'd be hard-pressed to find a perfectly symmetrical crystal. Yeah. But I can make my shapes perfectly symmetrical. Yeah, there's something to that perfect symmetry that is, like, it's when they, when they lock into that perfect symmetry, the way the energy flows. And anybody who is sensitive to it can feel that, that... You know, and obviously you can feel the crystals. They have energies that come off of them, but there's something to the sacred geometry and the perfection and the symmetry of the shape and the way that the energy flows between the lines and the way that the lines direct the energy back into itself. There's something more to it, um, and there's a specific reason, and it's so crazy because you're creating these things, and Matthew is, you know, writing out the number series that create them and it's like the it's like the numbers that create the flowers that are there they're the basis of creation of the entire universe. Yeah, well the interesting thing is when I looked at Matthew and I have known each other for a couple of years. When I looked at the symbol for the seventh seal, when I look at flat two dimensional geometry Many times I'll instantly start seeing layers pop out. Like I'll see that there's a layer and it's there, it's just not obvious, and, and it's like the layers pop out to me. One of the most unique things that I've ever created is probably the three dimensional Sri Yantra. 
Oh, yeah, we just looked at that. I love it. You're familiar with the Sri Antra, right? So it's nine uh, triangles, four one yeah. direction, five the other direction. But you almost always see it flat. And I had this dream where in the dream I saw it pop out from 2D to 3D and replace the flat two-dimensional triangles with pyramids, four-sided pyramids. And so when I popped it out from 2D to 3D, it unleashed a tremendous amount of energy that was always in the shape, but just couldn't be accessed from it being flat. Yeah. I absolutely, I love it. And, you know, I think that, yeah, I mean, a lot of, everyone's um, a master at their own thing. And, uh, you know, I, um, I love these shapes and I'm definitely drawn to them and I'm, I have a compulsion to make them, but uh, my hands just can't communicate. They can't uh, communicate with that perfection and symmetry the way that yours does. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, I'm so fascinated by it because it's just like it's almost humanly impossible. Like in the human, you know, in the human imperfection, like our our, you know, the the state being human, it's impossible to create this perfection, and yet you do it, and it's really fascinating. Well, the the thing is that I have this obsession with perfection. When we see some of my digital art, the just like the graphic art, uh-huh. when when you look at it, understand that everything was blown up to like 1,600%. You know, like yeah. I think... I will fix pixels in my artwork that no one will know needed fixing because they're looking at it one-to-one size. And I blew it up to 1,600, and it's like, oh, i got to fix that pixel and this pixel, and then it's perfect. So it's it's weird because I'll make changes that I know that I'm the only one that's going to notice it aesthetically, but it makes a difference in the energy of you know, I've, I've thought a lot about, for instance, the Medtron's Cube. So I've made one, two, three, four updates to Medtron's Cube. We're now on Medtron's Cube 5D. And all of these intermediate steps of adding different objects into it all powered up. And then I think to myself, all right, why would Metatron choose me to do his updated cube over, say, Alex Gray or Charles Gilchrist or one of these guys that are internationally famous or whatever? Uh And I'm thinking to myself, they're probably not as neurotic about fixing that last little pixel. Well, neither one of them does digital art. They both do hand-drawn art. So there's no way that they'd be able to make that perfection because they're doing it by hand. Yeah, it's, it might not, be it's, as, it's almost impossible. And I'm a huge fan of Alex Gray, and I always felt that his um, his paintings with all the geometry had so much more to them with the energy that was flowing through through the artwork. Um, there's something else. It just, it just escapes me. Um, Oh, you know, this, so 
right now, so this new thing that's very popular, I don't know if you're aware of it, are like adult coloring books. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the, the, are you talking about the one where you, you're coloring in curse words, or are you talking about the ones where you're filling in mandalas? When you're filling in mandalas, but I, how uh, would you ever consider making a coloring book with some of your artwork so that people could kind of like meditate into the energy of them? I, mean, I think that would be really awesome. You know, I have not done so. I have a really interesting relationship with color. People will tell me I really like the colors that you chose. They're really vibrant and bright. And they're like, where did you come up with those colors from? And my dad is completely colorblind. I have trouble with colors. And I'm the equivalent of tone deaf in colors. I can't match them well. I can't tell if colors are in the same palette. I can't tell if colors are complementary or, or not. So my color palette, believe it or not, <laughs> I looked up seven well, different Roy G. Biv red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and go violet palettes and printed them out. And I put all the reds together and oranges and yellows, whatever. And I asked random strangers at a shopping mall to select the most attractive shade of red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and go violet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, that's one of the things that's kind of challenging for me is the colors. Yeah. Well, what's great about the coloring book is you just you just leave it black and white, and other people can fill in the colors themselves. I just think it would be really awesome for people to like really like I don't know. It's kind of it's certainly calming for me to color and to do these like mandalas and these geometric shapes that I color in, and um, you know, for people who can't create them themselves in the in the perfection that you do, I just think it would be really awesome. Like have a little coloring book. Or you could like color them in, and really get to know the shapes and feel the energy of them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. You know, I understand that a lot of the stuff that I make is it's pricey, it's expensive, it's it's quality stuff, and you know, I I won't apologize for it being a premium object. I understand yeah. a lot of people are just scraping by, so I branched out and started putting 3D renderings of some of my objects on shirts. I started, I did that last week. I put the Flower Life Star Tetrahedron on some T-shirts on the place I'm selling shirts. Yeah. But, no, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't gotten into, like, the coloring book creation thing. I think there could be a real big demand for these coloring books. I think they'd be pretty popular. I could see people filling in some of those shapes and I mean I've I've got I've I've made everything up to a fifteen fifteen Stargate, so I've got all of the regular stars from the triangle up to a fifteen pointed star. I've got all of them broken out, remastered, perfected. Yeah. Amazing. 
All right. Uh, do we have any um, Do we have any questions from any of our callers? Any feedback, comments? Silence. <laughs> They're blown away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're just approaching the hour mark. Uh, we've got a few more minutes here. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to share with us? Anything else I would like to share? Um, recently, I've been thinking about the fact that a lot of people are very much focused on awakening themselves, fixing themselves, you know, becoming, uh, you know, something different. There's like a sense of unease that they're not okay with where they are right now. And I think it's in our benefit to relax a little bit, take a couple deep breaths and realize that we're not as sick and asleep as we think we are. I absolutely agree with you. And I, I've been saying the same thing. It's so funny. I, um, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, if they just, like, see something or do some sort of ritual or attend some sort of class that tomorrow they're going to wake up with these, like, superhuman powers. And I think that a lot of people forget what a gift it is to be human and what a gift our incarnation is and that there's not really anything wrong with you and that, yeah, we're all striving to be better versions of ourselves and, and to recognize that we're here to serve uh, humanity and serve others um, but I mean it's not that it doesn't have to be that rigorous and we don't have to be perfect beings um, well, we yeah to... it's supposed to be fun yeah exactly yeah. we experience yeah. joy and, and experience what we get to experience here on this planet in the physical world like there are so many wonderful things to do in this in this place in this physical world that you know, I'm pretty sure are not options in other dimensions or else why would we come here? So, you know, I think that people just have to remember what a gift it is to be born human, to be born them, and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's supposed, like I say, it's supposed to be fun. A lot of people are so focused on you know, I'll be happy when I'm this, that, the other thing, when I'm enlightened, you know, it's the yeah. the, the ego actually wants enlightenment for ego gratification, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is a hard thing to kind of wrap your mind around. But it's like if you want enlightenment, you're pushing it away. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. Oh, really quick, we got a couple minutes here. Yeah. On chakraactivation.com, there's a, a link to Metron's Rainbow Healing Cube. So I've got this animated healing mandala. There's actually three of them on my site. There's the geometric fire life and then the wheels of life. But we did if so. someone if someone needs like a blast of energy they can sit in front of the Metatron's Rainbow Healing Cube 
And if looking at it annoys you, you can just close your eyes and it will pour energy out of the screen onto you just sitting there looking at it. Nice. And if you turn off your screen saver and your power saver settings on your computer and just let this thing run, it will fill up your apartment, your house, your room with positive energy while you're doing whatever else you're doing. Well, that's amazing. As I hope um, some of you out there can try it. We took a look at that uh, while we were chatting with you today. We clicked through some of the different links um, connected to your name, and I did see those. Um, those are the, actually the first ones I looked at. So Yeah, we'll put it up on the big um, screen here in our house also and let it uh, permeate our atmosphere. Yeah, and, it will actually uh, fill your house, your room with positive energy, and it will actually drain out negative stuck energies out of your space right through that video screen back into the void. It's the, it's the second law of thermodynamics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if it's pouring positive energy in your room, it's got to be draining negative energy out of your room. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much for taking your time to talk to us today and tell us a little bit about your work. I'm really grateful to be able to promote some of this for you. It's uh, really, really amazing. I love the jewelry. I love the artwork. Definitely has an energy. Thank you to all of our callers for tuning in and listening to today's talk. Um, we will see you this Wednesday at 444 for the rally call, 444 Eastern Time. Um, please bring your energy to the Vortex. We love it and it helps us all grow. Yep, absolutely, and manifest uh, more of our dreams in the now moment. And so we're very pleased for all of you. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, have a blessed uh, couple of days. Thank you, Brother David. All right, thanks for having me. You guys have a great night. You too. All right. Bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.